Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. But everybody tells you that it's hard. Everybody tells you that making it is hard. Like, you already know that. What, what I'm here to tell people is that it's possible, right? Right, right, right. Like, I didn't know anybody in New York. Like, I didn't, right. like there's no, if I can do it, there's really no science to it. But I stayed, you know, these massive open calls. You, you stand in line in the cold for six hours for the hope that five minutes in a room will change your life. Hey guys, welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast. Good to be back with you guys again. I'm here with Brandon, my producer. Hey, Brandon, how you doing? Good, good to be back in California. Big nice. day today, yeah. We been. I was in Florida. Florida. Yeah. You know all that, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to deal with that stuff. Is yeah. something going on in Florida right now, or uh, in the past couple of days? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Long story short, I've been <laughs> in Palm Springs. I've been in Palm Springs, just uh, hiding under a rock. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, these sweet tones that you can hear are the, the voice of uh, Arturo Castro, the Arturo Castro. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Thank you for having me, fake Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm so that's, is, that's good this is what that's I my it's, career has come to I mean uh, it's funny yeah this yeah, yeah real this, this is really as good as it gets um, now a very small niche amount of people in this country will know who you are yes uh, most people mostly my most related uh, to me yes <laughs> most are, most of them are so uh, let's let's tell tell everybody who you are and, and what you do and why you're on my podcast <laughs> I'm, I, I've been asking myself this ever since I sat down. Uh, I'm Arturo Castro. I am an aspiring trapeze artist, uh, fashion connoisseur of really? very, very short jorts. Um, yeah. No, I'm an actor, a producer, and a writer. Uh, I got my break. I, I started, I'm from Guatemala, then I started doing theater in New York. Then uh, my first sort of break was Broad City. Then Narcos, then my own show, Alternatino, and then Lady and the Tramp, and then, you know, uh, the list goes on. Not very long. <laughs> not, not, not much longer after that. That's, that's yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But you've you just officially moved to L.A. from New York, right? Accidentally moved to Los Angeles, right. yeah. And you fuckers now... got me with your sunshine and your matcha lattes. Like, like uh, you broke down my New York defenses with it, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I lived in New York for 15 years, and I was out here shooting the show I'm doing um, for Apple TV called Mr. Corman with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I'm really excited about because yeah, he's so he's right. a wonderful dude. And then pandemic hit and I was renting this house out here and I was like, might as well just extend it, you know. Um, the house has a really pretty garden and it just really gave me a lot of peace. So then I convinced the lady to sell it to me very recently. My first home ever, man. Yeah, that's so that's crazy. Congrats, you know? Thanks so, so much, man. I spent... I lived in the in a converted storage space basement in New York City for six seven years. I didn't fucking mind it to be honest. Like I could afford it, you know. Mm -hmm. It was six fifty a month, and I didn't have a roommate, and it was just like, right. I, like the the amount of imagination that it, it that it brings trying to you know get yourself but it, out of it. It was great when you're young and, and fuck it. Like who can like you know whenever I tell that story, people are like, oh my god, was, was it hard? And you're like not really. Yeah. That's all. First of all, that's all you know, and second of all. Yeah, I get to be in this amazing city and do what I love for a living, and even if I wasn't making money at the time. Yeah, but like, like, like I said, it's great when you're young, but when you kind when I'm bit, old as I am, yeah. <laughs> um, I've I've come to understand that yeah, like uh, hustling in New York City is definitely feels like a, a young man's game. Um, I mean, you can do it forever, and I love the city, and I always love it. But yeah, yeah, it feels like if I want to start building a family. I just wanted to be closer to Peter and his George Orts. Uh, <laughs> That's enough for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, let's talk about this. So, how can I put this politely? 
he's touching his beard like repeatedly and making direct eye contact. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I can confirm. Uninterrupted. There's no fucking blinking. Uh, you grew up like I don't want to say chubby. Oh yeah, but like kind of <laughs> chubby, right? Oh yeah, I was. But now pretty... you're you know you're a, you're a lean fit guy now. Like, what was the point? Like how. <laughs> How late did you leave it before you were like, you know what, I should probably get... In, in <laughs> I just started shape. today. I just started decide, I decided not to be a chubby guy today. I was uh, chubby up until I was like uh, 13. I, I really, this is not even a joke, but I had like, uh, I developed boobs before any of my female classmates did. Right. I was like, yeah. Right. It was really weird because like, it was, uh, some kids are chubby, but it's just sort of proportionally chubby. I was sort of like chubby in my chest and like in like parts of my gut it was right. quite quite uh deformed and was that just from bad food when you were younger or i was obsessed was? with whole milk my oh. entire life i would like drink liters of that shit oh. uh, to the point where like there was instructions in my house not to let me more drink more than a liter a day and i would oh. like there'd be full-on showdowns at the fridge of me trying to like chug milk <laughs> so it wasn't junk food it was like literally just it like, was milk i mean it milk. wasn't really junk food it was just uh tons of milk and sort of milk related products that i was just obsessed with and was it a role that made you get in shape or was it just like... The first time I got in proper... I mean, I, I stretched out at uh, 14 uh, to all of 5'9 stature. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't I didn't stretch out a very long way, but like... Towering. Yeah, towering. towering I was five, just towering nine. over most people in Guatemala, actually. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> I, am, I am a talking guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, the first time I really got in shape was... I did this film uh, with Ang Lee called... Um, Billy Lynn's long halftime walk and we trained with the Navy SEALs uh, for a month. It was fucking brutal, but like it was right. just accidentally you got big. But then after the movie, I just sort of used to you. You have the sort of same frame, but like it just sort of turned fat. Right. And then I was doing this um, show for HBO called Room 104 and I was I'm naked the entire episode. And it's just me in a room. That's a great. That was great, by the way. Oh, thanks so that. much. Yeah, so yeah it was really it was really challenging and it was really um, I'm like, how do you, it's sort of, for for people that don't know, it's sort of like Black Mirror, where every episode is its new uh, own story, but it all takes place in this one room, uh, motel room called Room 104. Yeah, I think that was the first time I kind of took you seriously. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that moment for myself. I'm like, uh, um, but anyway, so I was going to be naked the entire time, and the character, it was just a, a very challenging performance piece. And I just didn't want to think about angles or like sitting right. down anyway. Like, you know, I just didn't want to be self-conscious about my body at all. Uh, I was st still, I didn't really make a lot of money at the time. So uh, not that I do now, trust me, like Peter owns everything I have. But, um, but, but it, uh, so I convinced this trainer to, to train me for, for very little money, but uh, I was going to hook him up with Vice News, their health division. And so we did, it was seven days a week changed my diet, took out sugar. Yeah. I just, it, but it proved to me that it, it was, it's almost like a high, isn't it? Right. Like when you really sure. commit to something, I didn't know I could do it. And, and the difference was just, you know, in three weeks we got in decent shape. Now, do you feel that pressure from Hollywood? Do you feel the pressure to, to be in better shape, to look better, to have a certain amount of muscle? Is it something, I mean, you know, you're not a leading man kind of role guy. You're more <laughs> of a you. like, struggling, <laughs> struggling, you that? <laughs> struggling comedian who plays like everyone's best friend. But like <laughs> the guy hanging in the background, me like trying to get the girl. Uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I'm working on it, Peter. Um, I don't feel the pressure to uh, again because I'm not, for the most part, doing action films or whatever. Even though I played like military more, 
like more times than you think. Right, you know? right, yeah. I think that's because there's just a, a huge Latin population in the military, so that sort of reflects it, uh, itself in the films. But um, I don't feel this pressure to like look cut or to, but I do, I don't want to, you know, a lot of people from back home or like people I grew up with, you know, they're my age and they just sort of, they don't really take care of them. Right, they don't look healthy. Well. They look, they yeah. don't know. And so for me, it's less about vanity and more about like how I feel. And right. working out for me, it's like, um, at least you get one success a day, you know? Yeah. If no matter what any no matter what happens in your day, you got you achieved the goal, you know? Right. And yeah. uh, your endorphins are pumping and you just feel good. Um, well, I also think like in Hollywood, because Hollywood, you know, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on, but at least when you come to the gym, it's like, it is what it is, right? Yeah. There's no, yeah, you can't like, you know, nobody's talking, uh, you can't talk to the weights about a script that's about to pop off. You know, you right. can't tell them about how big your, ne- like, you know, you right. can't bench talk bullshit. Bench, deadlift, that, deadlift. Is, that's what it is, that's, you know? That's what it is. It's, it's, I think it's a nice like grounding yeah. place. Like, and it's an equalizer, isn't it? It like, is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, except, so, yes. like, you as a Guatemala man in Hollywood, I mean, you, as you always tell me, you're pretty much considered the Brad Pitt of Guatemala. <laughs> um, I don't really talk to you that much. I don't know where you get this from. Like, this is the first time, good time uh, more than a sentence. Uh, how does it feel to be a Guatemala man in Hollywood? Like, cause there aren't that many, right? <laughs> there aren't that many, but you would be like, uh, I am really sort of proud of the fact that there is, uh, for being such a small country, there is some incredible talent that's come out of it. Like, this kid, Tony Robolari, he was um, he was in the Grand Budapest Hotel and then Spider-Man and then Oscar Isaac, he's Guatemalan too. Like, right. you don't really hear, like, uh, I don't know many act- actors from particular, like three in a row from El Salvador doing the thing, you know? Right. Which which leads me to believe that the Guatemala is this mind of talent, but like when you're worried about what you're going to feed your kid, like acting is seen, it's not a, a viable work choice, you know? And so one of the big goals that I have is to um, open up schools in Guatemala where you send your kids, they get fed, and after lunch you can study one of the arts, right? right. Because imagine how many incredible people we can find if you take away. But you away... already started doing that, right? You already started investing. Yeah, I've stuff. yeah, I've opened up a few um, uh, computer labs for in places where there was no internet before for yeah. uh, all girls schools all across the sort of like the countryside of Guatemala. Sweet, that's great. Dude. Yeah, that's I mean, cute. I just to be honest, dude, like my whole life philosophy is like I can't fucking believe that i get to do what i love to do right. for a living and and no, then I yeah i just yeah, I, you know I, you know it's, <laughs> it's a shock every day but i i don't think that it's uh a i'm doing it alone or b i i believe in recycling of good fortune i think fame for fame's sake is fucking empty like go i don't know go start an only fans account sorry to everybody that has an only fans account but like you know what i'm saying uh mm-hmm. i think you have to make it about something bigger than yourself because then the the small trip ups along the way aren't aren't as they don't hurt as much because it's not about you all of life is fucking realizing that it's not about you, you know? Right, right, right. And so putting it back out into the universe or into helping people is what really drives the the career. Do you think, has it been, you know, under the last four years with, you know, obviously the immigration issues and everything that's happened, has it been harder for, you know, immigrant actors to get jobs, do you think, or, or not really? No, I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't found that to be the case. Um, what it is, is it's... Uh, it, it does feel like a community under siege, right? Like it feels now more than ever like uh, the importance of representation is essential, you know, right. because you have people on in political platforms sort of demonizing or dehumanizing people that look like you. You're kind, you know, like yeah. you're, and yeah. uh, and so if we keep sort of feeding like the gang member image or the 
like into the mainstream, then you're just sort of reinforcing the stereotype. So it, to me, it's sort of um, I found that among immigrant actors, there's been this need to drive this humanizing force forward. Yeah. And, and we are we are sitting here today kind of on the brink of a new president, hopefully. Wait, what? We, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> so, so, see, I voted for the libertarian guy, so I don't let the libertarian girl. So, yeah, I was going to say. Lady, lady, sorry, pardon me. <laughs> I don't even know her name. What's her name? Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen. Okay, cool. So hopefully things are about to change. So I voted for the wrong Joe. Yes, the wrong Joe. Just oh, kidding, I can't vote. Here, I'm an immigrant. Right? <laughs> I, I, I am not even a resident. <laughs> Truly. You just I, got your green card. Yeah, I just got my green card. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you've been acting like a boy that grew up in Nebraska and dressing like a <laughs> like a Nebraska uh, farmhand for years. Waiting well, for that's why they gave me the green card. Yeah. <laughs> they looked at your Instagram and they're like, yeah. Yeah, we'll take this do. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my plan all along. Uh, now you've had a couple of jobs during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. A couple, of, and how's that been? Has it completely changed? Is it strange? Uh, but you know, uh, the resilience of uh, of humans coming together to create something is, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, right? Like, yeah, of course it's hard, and it's it's strange. You know, it goes by sections: who can interact with who, and you get these fifteen minute COVID tests. But and you get tested daily, or. I mean, I I've done one-offs, like you know, so it's right. I just get to, on the day, kind so, of, yeah. yeah. But or you have to present proof of COVID test even twenty four hours before you get on set. But it uh, more than anything, I've noticed the excitement of people being around each other again and working. And right. Yeah. Creating. That was that was my real question. Like, did you feel that buzz again? That excitement oh, yeah. of people getting back to work and yeah, hundred percent. Because you like this. This is a huge part of my identity, right? Like a huge part of my human interactions come from my work. Yes. And uh, a huge part of like what what fills me on this. On a set, you have a thousand interactions a day, you know? Right. And when you, you go from, from a thousand to zero, to zero yeah. you... Oh, well, just me. Basically. Yeah, just, just talking to Peter, you're fucked. Like, <laughs> like half the time, I can't... Understand. Like, he's just talking about uh, Yellowstone all the time. It's really hard to get a word in edgewise. Just, you lull him to sleep by saying Kevin Costner really slowly. Like ASMR and Kevin Costner. Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's wonderful. And we're going to New Zealand to keep shooting the show with Joseph Gordon-Levitt because they've sort of eradicated COVID and we can shoot with large number of extras. And, and I just can't wait to like, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to lick every doorknob just out of pure rebellion. Just because like, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to bring back the hand kissing to say hello to people just in New Zealand. <laughs> Madam? <Maybe>. Sir? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be great in New Zealand, man. You're going to have a great time there. Oh, it's going to so. be a beautiful country. It's going to be like... I'm a little concerned because I've... Uh, the, during the pandemic, my body's really, really changed, right? Yeah. I've been training with Peter and it's it's my New York trainers. Uh, <laughs> really, the merit goes all to my New York trainer, but Peter's been there uh, somehow. And uh, well, we decided to, you know, to, to work out and it's just really change but we have to keep the continuity from what i looked like before right 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 pandemic so i'm just gonna yeah. drink a lot of milk all of december and i think i'll be <laughs> fine yeah back on that milk and nutella. back on that milk yeah, yeah. nutella Nutella is a very famous nutella uh, addict i love yeah. it do you know they sent me a a big custom made sort of tub of nutella with my name on it last is that year? true yeah that's when i really knew that's when you made uh, it <laughs> yeah that's, that's when <laughs> it's a good measure yeah <laughs> So uh, going back to like uh, you, where you are in your career and, and, and how you became who you are right now, what, what do you think are your driving motivations? What were your, what, what was your real catalyst to do what you do? 
a couple of things. One, one, this sort of uh, sense of unbridled optimism. You know, right. I've always just believed that you can. You know, uh, where did that I, come from? You think I'm we. Uh, Everybody in my family is a professional in other, they're all academics or psychiatrists or doctors or, you know, and I'm the only one. So everyone one else has a real job. It has a real job, yeah. And so I think because, and I'm, I'm the youngest of, uh, of four, and I grew up in a, in a household where I think when people can't understand you because, they, uh, because you're choosing this sort of art, all they can do is sort of love you and support you. And I grew mm. up really in a household where, um, particularly in a very macho-centric place like Guatemala, where being vulnerable was... Um, it was a it was a good trait. It was a strength, you know. I grew up right. with women, and they were very strong, but also could be, you know, empathetic. Empathy was a big thing in my house. So by the time I got to the states and started auditioning, I just I knew I didn't know who I was, but I just knew that I like I deserved someone's time, you know. Right, right, right. That's number one, and number two that I I I've always approached it like there is no plan B. Like if there's something you rather go do, go do it because it's really really hard, right? But everybody tells you that it's hard. Everybody tells you that making it's hard. Like you already know that. What what I'm here to tell people is that it's possible, right? Right, right, right. Like I didn't know anybody in New York. Like I didn't. Right. Like there's no if I can do it. There's really no science to it. But I stayed. You know these massive open calls. You you stand in line in the cold for six hours for the hope that five minutes in a room will change your life. And and that, that sort of work ethic, that that hustle, that I don't know how I would have done it in LA, to be honest, but in New York, I just knew how to approach it. Or right. like, you know, I could just walk there. But so it was, uh, it's, I guess it's been my sense of optimism and my and my drive, you know? And where do you get, I mean, you have a really good balance between the kind of the masculine and the feminine, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do. At all times, yes. Yeah. Uh, how, how, where did that come from? How do you... My family, my I grew up with I with a single mom of four, yeah. and I mean my dad was around, but I, I mostly grew up, you know, with them and sort of their sort of was into the things that they were into, and and then when right. I you know when I got to my teenage years, I moved to a school that was like macho boys and like sort of like learned that side of life. Was but that hard for you? At first, it was weird because I'm like I don't know, I've never gone in a fight before. Like I'm right. like, like everybody's like we want to play sports. I'm like what time is theater, guys? <laughs> Sorry, it's, are we gonna? Sorry, I hear you're saying soccer, but I think you want to say watch the Titanic for the seventh time in the movie there. What? What? I'm sorry, there's a discrepancy here. It was weird at first, but eventually you. At first, I just acted like it. Like right, I, I just you played a role. I played the role. It was weird before I found sort of like a name for it. That's what I was doing. I was like, I, would, I think therefore I am, you know. And so I started sort of acting tough, and then eventually you just toughen up a little bit, you know. But I was never. Or I never tried to be inherently mean, which I think is a part of being a real badass in Guatemala. Was particularly in this school, you have to like be a bit of a sadist, and I just never had that trait. Right. But I learned how to smoke and like yeah. ride motorcycles and talk to girls and get in fights <laughs> and stuff. And uh, it was really formative. But like, yeah, I fucking I just quit smoking last year, so thanks a lot. Yeah, Colegio El Puente, wherever you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was weird, uh, but that's where I get sort of my 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 double my double personality from. Yeah, that's oh, great. I mean, it's, it's just, it's so important right now to be able to, you know, move in those two, two directions and have that balance. I just I don't know another way to approach it. I, I think it would be miserable to just have the, one or the other. The narcos role was pretty masculine, right? Yeah. Whereas the Broad City one was very feminine. So that was a good, like, and you went from Broad City to Narcos, right? Yeah, I was yeah. Sort of, uh, 
I would I don't even know if the Broad City is feminine it's in so much as it's like it's based on a real person right Abby's best friend Jaime and the, what I infused in it in him was the sense of wide-eyed wonder that I right. had when I first moved to the states where everything is like oh my goodness this is so magical you know <laughs> right. and I had an accent when I first moved you know and um with uh, David and Narcos, he's a ruthless, you know, bad guy sort of thing. But I had to find some humanizing quality in him in order to play him. Otherwise, you're like, you yeah. Know? And so he was just trying to protect his dad. He was trying to protect his family, right? And he killed a bunch of people to do that. But like, this was what, like the one thing I could find in common with. You him. think people were surprised that you were so good at 100%. that? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I came up in dramatic, gritty New York theater. But right. my first break was Broad City, so people didn't know sort of that I had this dramatic side. And I was very lucky not to just get typecast and doing comedy uh, forever. And Narcos helped a lot. That movie that I did with Ang Lee, um, it tanked horribly at the, <laughs> at the box office. But uh, when Narcos casting heard that I had done it, uh, they're like, oh, that's a drama with this Academy Award uh, winning director. Like, we'll give him a chance. Right. And that's how I got it. But it was it was very lucky to, that those two things were coming out at the same time. Cause people, people were just confused as to who the fuck I am. Yeah, but it was a smart, it was a smart move. I mean, it's, it's, it's great to show that, like, you know, that diversity and that it's testament to your talent, right? That you can you can do those both things. So if you're thinking because... Wilmer Valderrama, like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you're like, I love doing that 70s show. Is that, I can see the questions from here. I wasn't in that 70s show. Yes, but because I, 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 I a lot of people do get typecasting roles, obviously, and it's good that you you know fairly early on in your career you were able to show those two like polarizing. Yeah, that's, that's my whole jam right now too. It's sort of like um, if you're a storyteller first, you just want to whatever you're involved with, you just want it to be worth the audience's time, right? Because right. I'm an audience member first. Right. And so whether it's a drama, horror, comedy, satire, whatever it is, I just want it to be quality. I want it to be a challenge. I wanted you to, I think there's this covenant um, between you and the audience, right? That uh, they're coming, they're spending their time, they're spending their money to watch your work. The right. very least you owe them is to leave a little blood in the water. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. For sure. And it's, there's parts of my sort of innocence that I'll never get back from doing uh, from researching and interviewing like uh, narco hitmen, you know, yeah. but that's the covenant. You but that, that's, to dirty it up. That, what you're talking about is, I think that's a fairly rare quality in Hollywood now, because I don't think a lot of people think that way. Oh, I, I think just, a lot, there's a lot of entitlement. And a the, lot of the, uh, you know what I under, when I've also understood about when people come up to you on the street or whatever, is that it's such a you have been in their homes, in their laptop, like in their rooms when the, there's no makeup or you're hungover or whatever. You've been in a, in a place where they're very vulnerable and you in what they want whenever they interact with you, the ice is broken from there so they feel like they know you, right? right. And I feel like the only, the least you owe them is a couple minutes of your time to be like, hey, I see you too, you know? Like yeah. everybody's just trying to be like, oh my God, I, I shared this experience with you, unilateral experience with you and you didn't even know it. This is what happens when you come up to an actor or whatever. And like, I think I, I really get uh, a kick out of being like, hey, thank you so much. This is great because yeah. this is my... Do, do you think that's going to be difficult though when like... So someone like Will when Smith. When it's hordes now. of people. Yes. Well, like so, we'll I, 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 Will Smith. Like when Will Smith at his peak, I knew he could like walk down the street without like just getting like. A hundred percent. And and there's you know there's been instances, particularly with when um, we did uh, we did the gay pride parade. Um, we had a float, which was one of the best days of my life, dude. Like it looked it, like Broad City had a float, uh, oh, gay shit, pride, yeah. in New York City, and the whole thing was closed down. And you know the com the gay community has been so. So welcoming to the show, and it was just all love. And but when we were um, 
when we were leaving, you know, people wanted to say hi to the girls and whatever. And it was just like sort of very crowded. And I was like, oh, this is what it must feel like. And I was like, guys, guys, I'm here. And nobody came <laughs> to me. And uh, that, was, that was embarrassing. But uh, yes, I don't think you'll have time to, you know, interact with everybody that interacts with you. But if you if you do have a moment of interaction, just make sure to remember that where they're coming from and right. who put you there. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the reason, right? Like, right, for sure. Uh -huh. yeah. Doesn't mean that you have to like go to everybody's house and like high five them, you know, uh, particularly, you know, like every single person. But, you know, you just can't have stories of you being a dick because then you're going to shatter. Yeah, I, I am I, a dick completely. But just to <laughs> you, Peter. But uh, I, I think it's the, it's the ability to stay humble with, you know, as successful as you become, the ability to stay humble is a real, it's a real quality that, that I admire in people. And I, you know, well, that has to do a lot with I you, was Peter, because you just call me a shit actor every right. day. So it's like, I, like, my ego can't rise above us. Right? Yeah. But I mentioned, I mentioned, I mentioned Will Smith before. And I, when I, when I met Will, um, I, I saw that in him. He was a real humble guy. Like he's as successful as he was and as good as he was. Right. Like just super nice, super humble. How, so, uh, how often do you mention that you know Will Smith? Like, <laughs> I don't how, know. Like how often do I was you, fortunate like, enough to meet him. But he wouldn't remember. Would, <laughs> so when me and Will, I call <laughs> he wouldn't Will remember Will. my name. Put it that way. Yeah, I just think otherwise, like if you like start listening to the noise or start believing the noise of yes. yourself or like then you've lost, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I'll do my best to keep you grounded. Thank you very much. I have a dude. I have a Latin grandmother <laughs> that's like just waiting. To, my friends, my my friends I grew up with or I came up with in New York all have a, a going pool about who's going to punch me in the face if I ever turn into a douche. And they right, really want right. that money. Like it's pretty, yeah. it's going up to like $200 by now. So they were like, and I'm like, you don't have to like threaten me physically. Like I'm okay. Um, but between my mom and my family and my friends, like it's, it's just, just keep good you to, honest. Yeah. yeah. It's just good to remember where you came from and, and why you're doing it. So, um, we've got the James Gordon-Levitt thing coming up in New Zealand at the end of this year. His name is Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Joseph, sorry. James, Joseph I don't know who the fuck James is, but get it right. <laughs> sorry, Joseph. Can I tell you a funny story about Joe real quick? <clears throat> yeah. So, I, he called <laughs> He called me um, the, to tell me that, you know, we're shutting down for the pandemic, you know. And I guess I'd just woken up, you know, from an app because we'd been shooting night, uh, night shoots. And I was like, uh, so I was mumbling, I guess. So, I was like, okay, man, yeah, I understand um, all right, well, uh, later, dude, I said, and he's like, oh, um, I love you, too. <laughs> he told, I told them that I love them. He heard, like, uh, uh, oh, hey, later, Joe. He's like, I, I, uh, yeah, I guess I love you, too, man. And I'm like, and I didn't want to take it back because I was, like, embarrassed. Like, I was like, I didn't want to embarrass him, but I was like, oh, God. Was, and I'm like, I do love the guy, but I just I wasn't ready to say you that. You say the words. Have you talked about it since? Hey, I just thought, no, we have not talked about and it. And now, like, now I have it? to open up with, like, hey, Joe, I love you. How's it going? <laughs> You know, like now I'm just doubling down on it. It's a lot of love on that set. I love that love guy. That set. Uh, so beyond that, like, what would be like your hopes, your dreams for the next five to ten years? Where, where do you see Arturo Castro in these next? Um, I would like, uh, in in very broad terms, to obviously to grow the platform so that I can shine it on things that I care about, particularly representation, etc. But um, in broad strokes, it's it's I want if you see my name attached to a project, either as a director or a writer or producer or an actor, you know it's gonna be worth your time. You know, right. it's just sort of uh, develop that taste, that um, that trust with the audience that like whatever comes from my company is gonna be, or from my camp or whatever, uh, is gonna be worth your time. So really honing that voice is what I'm, I'm looking forward to. And right. and playing on all sets, uh, on all on all sides of, of the coin. Like I wanna be, keep surprising people with with what you can do and and to challenge myself too right so i want to do the 
big blockbusters paired with the TV gritty star. indie drama, you know. Are you going to do a rap album? A rap album, yeah. <laughs> and eventually, if, yeah, if all else fails, I'll just have a podcast here with you. Like, it's yeah. just like we're just going to uh, host the, the, yeah, faux, I, I the did, faux Rogan experience. I, I did notice... <laughs> I did notice that I didn't f figure into your five to ten year plan. Oh yeah, uh, we'll keep working. Like by this point, <laughs> it's it's so funny because like by this point, you have been my human interaction, like my one of my first human interactions during quarantine, and so you're accidentally one of the closest people to me, which is like one of the most fucking <laughs> it's a horrifying like, horrifying thought. thoughts. <laughs> I'm, like, sorry, I, I'm sorry too. Like I can't wait to hang out with other people. This is <laughs> it's gonna be great. So true. Oh my god. Uh, well, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks really so much for having it. me. It was, um, I think you're a busy guy, so I appreciate I gotta, the time. I gotta say, I gotta say something about you and your gym, though. Uh, in all honesty, it's uh, first of all, like people think that gyms are sort of this vanity thing, but it's not. Like I think Ferris in particular has created the sense of purpose in my life, and in, I know in a lot of people's life. But what I gotta give you props for is you've been handed the shitty end of the stick all year, man, and I've seen you pivot and not let that break you, and not let that break your spirit, and not like let that break your gym, and it's really admirable dude like Thanks, I really, i'm really it. proud of you for that yeah i mean your fashion sense is shit but like your heart is in the right place no but i mean yeah, that but, I mean that's that. you're saying that because you haven't seen my full kevin costner full <laughs> my full wardrobe i mean that dude this would have broken uh, a lesser person it would have broken them a long Thank time you, ago i mean i i again I, i've said this on previous podcasts unfortunately we have a great team here and I, I mean that like wholeheartedly like my team here have been so good and we've been so fortunate and um you know people have been so supportive so i'm I'm lucky, uh, you know. I have a great family and a great team, so you didn't have to you know, brag that hard. You know. Like, yeah, cool. Were you gonna say? And, and among them, uh, my favorite, Will Smith. Uh, he's in my closest of circles. Thank you guys so much for having me. See you next Thank time. Thank you, brother. We appreciate bye. it. Take care. Bye. Okay, guys, that is it for today. Thanks for listening in. Don't forget to check us out on at uh, Ferrisucker Park on Instagram. We are at 1316 Glendale Boulevard in Echo Park. If you want to uh, stop by and give us a visit. We are currently, obviously, outdoor training, but um, we do have memberships available. And, uh, yeah, we hope to see you guys soon. I hope you guys stay safe out there. And um, better times are ahead. Catch you soon. Take care. Bye.